Well, many of the kids were back to school this week, and uh, there's a few colleges that are still in limbo. Uh, I know Baker starts in a couple weeks again, uh, but it's kind of back to the grind, isn't it? Uh, back to, for many families, back to the, the regular routine, school's back, and the fall is upon us. And as I was praying and asking the Lord for direction for the fall, I really originally felt like God wanted me to start a a new series I kind of had planned out before the summer began that we'd finish up our God Is series and, uh, and then start a new series starting today. But I couldn't get away from the series that we are in. I just felt like God wanted to do a little bit more. And uh, so for the next three weeks, we're planning on continuing the series on the attributes of God. A few more weeks, and I can't underestimate the importance of what we're discussing Talking about who God is, is so important. We are building strong spiritual muscles. We're bringing understanding to a difficult, with a difficult assignment. We've said we're trying to comprehend an incomprehensible God. And what we believe about God, we said, is how we fill in the blank, God is, to fill in that statement, says a lot about who we are. It depicts our response to God. It depicts our response to life as a whole. And what you put in the blank, it affects every single area of your life. Get your mind around that. It will blow your mind. Well, anyway, we've been in the series for a while, since July, believe it or not. We talked originally that God is a person, how he's alive and active, and he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. Secondly, we said that God is good. He's nothing but good. He can't be bad. God is perfectly good. We also said that God is is omni. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. And then we discussed this weird uh, dynamic that God is both justice and he is mercy. He's fully just and fully merciful God. You say, oh, how can that be? How can he give us what we deserve? And not give us what we deserve. And we unpacked that that morning, really powerful message. Then we talked about God is holy and how God demands for us to be holy. And the only way we can make it to heaven is by being holy. But God is perfectly holy. And then uh, the last time I preached was God is sovereign. He's in control. And I'll tell you, if you are uh, worrying about your life or if you are struggling with where you are on your journey, that message on the sovereignty of God uh, is for you. I would say listen to it. Listen to it again and again until it sinks in because God God is in control. And even when it's hard to understand everything that's happening, God is in control. And what's interesting is we've realized, as we've talked about these attributes, is that they complement each other. They cannot be examined independently. And as I was studying this week, and I've been using this tool, the Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. I kind of mentioned that over the series a little bit. Well, in the chapter, chapter 15 on the faithfulness of God, it says this. It says, all of God's acts, that means everything that God does, everything he's got his fingerprints on, are consistent with all of his attributes. No attribute contradicts any other but all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of the Godhead. And I want to make sure that we understand that when we talk about God is, we are talking about a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 
God the Father, God the Son, Jesus. Jesus is. The Holy Spirit, they are all one. We're, so, but when we say God is over and over, or we say Jesus is, we're talking about the Godhead and their attributes. They work together. And so this morning, we're going to continue our journey, our exploration of who God is. We're looking to Scripture primarily as our guide to see what the Word of God describes about God. And today, we're going to take another chapter, another layer of the onion, so to speak. And we're going to say this morning that God is faithful. Everyone say, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9 is where we will start. Just encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, you can grab a Bible on the back tables and follow along. We're going to look at several verses here to this morning. Let's look at what Deuteronomy 7, verse 9 says. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God Talking about Yahweh God is God. He is faithful. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Let me read that again. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful God. He is faithful, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands commands. What we see in this verse and in many, many other verses, we'll see here in just a second, that God is absolutely, completely faithful. He is the epitome of faithfulness. And it kind of begs the question, what does it mean to be faithful? And so I'm wondering, is it too simple to say that if you're faithful, that you're full of faith? Full of faith? And what does faith mean? Well, if you boil faith down into a one-word definition, it, you could say that faith means to trust. This morning, you guys are sitting, sitting on these chairs. You trust that they'll hold your weight. You have put your faith in the chairs that you're sitting in. We put our faith, our, it means to trust. And what's interesting is that trust comes from the same root word as true. And if something is true, it's trustworthy. These chairs are trustworthy to sit in. And if someone, on the flip side, if they were to lie, if they were to say something dishonest, they would become not trustworthy. And we see that sometimes with a business park partner that's, that's uh, out on the edge and maybe uh, shaving numbers off of, uh, off of documents or maybe friends that aren't completely upright or completely honest or maybe a rebellious teenager that uh, is sowing their wild oats, which, by the way, I do not believe that every teenager must be rebellious or go through a phase of rebellion. I don't believe that. But when that's happening, they, are, they become not trustworthy. But on the flip side, we know that God is faithful. He is full of truth. God cannot lie. He has never lied. He never will lie. In fact, turn with me to Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. 
There are several places in God's Word that talk about this. This is just one. Uh, Titus 1, 2 is another one. It says, God, who does not lie, uh, he cannot lie. But Numbers 23, verse 19 says this. says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then, and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? No. God is faithful. He is truth because he's full of truth and we can take him to the bank. And what I love is that he doesn't trick us. He doesn't try to deceive us. God is faithful. He's completely faithful. And if you do a Google search on this, you go to your concordance and you look up the word faith or faithful or faithfulness, this is one attribute that you will find more than enough verses, hundreds of verses in the Bible that describe who God is. I want to look at a few of those. Turn with me to Psalm 33. And I picked out these uh, couple verses on purpose uh, for different reasons. You'll see. The first one says here, says, for the word of the Lord is right and true. That means that everything that God says, everything that comes out of his mouth, his written word, it is right and true. Then it says he is faithful in all that he does. He is faithful. In fact, all throughout the Psalms, um, we see King David talking about the faithfulness of God. It's, it's like a struggle, 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 but God is faithful. Struggle, but God is faithful. Struggle, God is faithful. We see that again in Psalm 145, verse 13. The second part of the verse says, The Lord is faithful to some of his promises, right? No, to all of his promises and loving toward all he has made. God is faithful. First John, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I love this verse. It talks about, it says that God is faithful. He will not uh, give us more than we can handle. He will not tempt us beyond our ability to say no. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, again, we see uh, God, his faithfulness, our part and then his part. I love this. It says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? That God, he wants to do that. He gives us that opportunity. There's one other verse before we go on that really caught my attention this week. It's in Lamentations. And I want you to find Lamentations, and uh, it might take you a second, so let me give you a little background. Mine's on page 915 if you, wanna, if you have the same Bible that I do. Doubt it. But uh, anyway, Jeremiah here is lamenting. He's crying out to God. It's one of the most difficult times in his life and in the life of the Israelites. He's crying out to God. And listen to his response. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. It says this. This is him crying out to God. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. How many realize it's only because of God's love that we're not zapped all the time? <laughs> Thank the Lord for his love. And he recognized that. He says, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We don't have the time to look at the history of what's happening in Israel and in Jeremiah's life. But if you can imagine the most difficult, the darkest hours and then out of his cries to the Lord, he says, great is your faithfulness. 
Your mercies are new. Your compassions are mercy, of mercy are new every morning. And because of your great love, you're not crushing down on me. And we see over and over hundreds of examples of God being faithful in Scripture. God's Word describes God's faithfulness specifically in hundreds of verses, but then also in the story of Scripture, in the stories of the Bible. We see God is faithful in Genesis with creation and with Adam and Eve. We see that God is faithful with the flood and with Noah. We see God is faithful in Egypt with Moses, with the kings and with the prophets. He's faithful. Then Jesus shows up on the scene uh, over 2,000 years ago, and we see that God is faithful in the story of Jesus. And then Jesus ascends to heaven, and then God is faithful in the early church. He is faithful And you know what? Jesus is still faithful. He is still faithful. In fact, he says he's coming again, which is a promise we can bank on. And when he comes back, Revelation 19, it describes Jesus as what? Faithful and true. Faithful and true in Revelation 19. Scripture challenges us to completely to wholly trust a true God. Day by day, to trust God when things are good and when things are rough, when the road gets a little rocky. To trust God when we get a bad report. To trust God when we run out of money. To trust God when our health turns for the bad. To trust God when our kids are struggling. When you lost a big account at work. To trust God when you don't make the team. To trust God in your school. To trust God with your friendships. To trust God in everything. The goal is to put your faith in God. That's a proper response. But the opposite of faith is what? What is it? It's fear. And if faith is the right response to God's faithfulness, then fear is the wrong response. Would you agree with me? Fear and anxiety, worry, depression, discouragement, and a myriad of other negative responses are products of not believing in the faithfulness of God. Now, fear, we can understand, It's often the first response when we hear bad news or we're in uncharted territory or when we get stuck in our finances or in a relationship or in business. Uh, Some of our students started school this week and sometimes, you know, there's a certain subject that kind of trips you up and there might be some fear or anxiety around that. For me, I was always a great student at math and I had no fear, but a lot of kids did. But I'll tell you, when it came to English, And when it came to time to read out loud when I was a kid, I had a lot of fear. And I I hated reading out loud. I still read out loud kind of poorly, but that's okay. But, uh, But there's fear, and that's our natural first response. And sometimes fear can be good, right? You know, we have fear that if we step out in front of a semi, we're going to be smushed. We're in trouble. Or if we got fear that, you know, uh, you know, if the burner's hot, that we don't touch it. There's a healthy fear. We understand that. But what I want you to understand is that fear, in its essence, it comes suddenly. It, there's a terror or an overwhelming feeling many times. 
And that's the opposite of what faith is. Faith takes time to build. I was reflecting on growing up. We had a, um, a big pool, an above-ground pool growing up. How many of you guys have ever seen those? You know, you kind of put them up in the backyard. We had one in Dayton before we moved here. We had a pool in our backyard. And, uh, and every spring, we would get the cover off, and we'd have to clean it up. It was a little green, a little ugly. And there's about this much water in the bottom that there's to keep the walls from you know, buckling or whatever. And we'd have to get in there and scrub a little bit, and we'd pour a bunch of uh, chlorine in, and we'd do that. And then after we cleaned it, then we started the hose from the house And it seemed like an eternity before that water would fill it up all the way to the top. We had a 24-inch or 24-foot round pool in our backyard. It took a day or two to fill that thing. It took a long time. And what I want you to know is that faith is sometimes like that. It takes time to build. But the opposite is fear. And I said fear comes suddenly. Have you ever seen a pool kind of just collapse and just kind of Let's check this out. Let's look and see what this looks like. Little hole, boom! And that's what fear does. It floods. The enemy would love to flood you and your heart and your mind and your situation with fear. Now, no one here today would choose that, to live that way, full of fear or the flood. We don't want to live our lives afraid, do we? No, we would choose faith, right? But the question is, is how do we live by or how do we build our faith? And I believe that the Lord has given me some insight that what we need to do is we need to learn to judge God. Is he faithful or is he unfaithful? Now, just a side note, important note. Our assessment of God, what we think, does not change who God is, okay? I want to make sure that you're clear with that. But what we believe about God, who he is, is important. And I believe that we need to learn to judge God. And some of you are saying, what? Judge God? You say, oh, I don't judge, or I don't, I don't think that's right. Well, let me just help you in your thinking just for a moment. We judge our kids by their actions, by what they say, what they do. We judge our spouses, things that they say or do. We judge business partners. We judge our friends. We judge people in all kinds of areas. And I believe it's the same that we can judge God to be faithful or unfaithful. In fact, I believe that the faith that I personally have or that I don't have is a result of my judgment of God. See, God is either faithful or he is not. And we need to look at our lives. And what's interesting is that you are the only person that can have faith in Jesus. Your neighbor can't, your spouse can't, your parents can't, your, uh, you know, the past, I can't have faith for you. It has to be your own. And the truth is we judge God whether we know it or not. When we lose our job, when things get tight at home, there's a judgment that is is automatic. When your stocks go up or go down, we're judging God. When kids become rebellious, we're judging God. Or when sickness maybe hits a home. Or maybe like Job, when all seems to be lost. What did Job do? He still stood up 
and he judged God as faithful. And if you know the story of Job, it was unbelievable circumstances to stand up and say, God is still faithful. And for us, for each of us, either God is faithful or he is not faithful. And the question I think is, how do we get to a place where we can judge God faithful? And I believe that the answer, the first part, is that judging God takes time. Faith building takes time. How many know that trust in our natural relationships, it is earned? And if that trust has been broken for some reason in relationship, it even takes more time for that to heal and for that to to be built back. And in relationships, trust takes time. With our kids, it takes time. With our spouses, it takes time. And wherever we go, and the way that we begin to build trust is by getting to know the character of the person that we're wanting to trust. Jessica, my wife here, I trust her because I know her. And we've been married 17 years, and we were together a, a few years before that. We've, we've known each other for a long time. When I say we were together, that we didn't live together. I uh, just want to make sure that's, that's clear. But it's, so, it's the same way with God. To get to know God, it will build your trust in Him. When you get to know God's word and you spend time in his presence, your faith, your trust will be enhanced. That's why this series is so important in the life of a believer. And I believe in the life of a church to understand who God is and what God is doing. And after you get to know God, you trust him. Your faith is built. Let me just say, with Jessica, my wife, and I said this first service, I do not worry about my wife with the way that she spends money. For 17 years, we've, we've lived, and I don't think once she's spent money uh, in a foolish way. And, uh, and she, I just trust her in that, and she's proven herself to be true. And I said, I don't think that's reciprocated, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I've spent money foolishly before. But I don't, I, don't, I don't worry about the way that Jessica spends her time or the friends that she has. Or I don't, tr- I don't worry about her at work. Um, you know, I, I trust my wife. I have judged Jessica to be trustworthy. And I, I want you to know that, Jessica. Similarly, I can judge God to be faithful as well. I can trust him. I can test him. And I believe that God, that I can grow in my faith by judging who God is. And I said, first service, and Deb, you get to work with the kids, and sometimes I'm envious. I was a kids pastor before uh, coming here to lead pastor here. And with kids, boy, you share a, a truth about God's word. You say, hey, just believe, or just, hey, let's pray, and let's ask God to do something. And their, their belief is instant, isn't it? I kind of was thinking about it this week. It's kind of like a kiddie pool, you know? It only takes about 10 minutes to fill up a kiddie pool compared to a 24-foot round pool, right? And it, so it takes, their, their faith is built, and I believe God answers prayers of kids, and that's it, kind of fun. But, but and you get to deal with that week in and week out, and uh, you're doing a great job too. And so, but anyway, but it takes time to build trust in God. It doesn't happen overnight. And for some of us to hear that, 
it's frustrating. You're saying, man, I've been a Christian for, you know, a month or maybe a year, and I, I feel like I have so much more to grow. That's okay. Faith takes time. On the other hand, some of you have been saved a long time, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years or more. And maybe you're saying, man, my faith isn't that strong. I struggle. Well, faith does not build by time alone. And that's important for us to understand. See, the goal is that our lives would be lived in such a way where it would intersect with the nature of God. All the things that we're discussing in the, this attribute series, that we would embrace those things in real life and in real time. Recognizing the hand of God, even though it's hard at times to do so. In real life, seeing God at work. In our day-to-day, saying God is omniscient and omnipotent, and He is sovereign. He's holy. He's justice and mercy. His grace, His love, which we're going to talk about the next two weeks. And you start to see him as faithful. And I tell you, in real life, in a real time, life intersecting with the nature of God, it results, when we start to focus on, on God and who he is, it results in a tremendous peace. Everyone take a big breath and go, doesn't it feel good? And that's what happens when you live your life consistently believing and trusting God. Faith becomes our natural response to God and to life. And I believe there are many here that could stand and say, you know what? God has been reliable in my life. But that takes time. It really does. And I was relaying that, and I hate to bring this up, but you know, in a few short months here, November will be here, and if it gets cold, how many know Spring Lake? It'll have a thin layer of ice over the entire lake at some point. And you know what? When it, when it first freezes over, you can kind of see through. And I don't know if you've ever been out there. You can kind of tiptoe on it and say, hey, is it going to hold my weight? And you kind of go, and you start to back up because you're smart, right? Because the fear kicks in and you're like, oh, I don't want to. But you know what? The longer that it's cold, the longer that, it, it, that ice has to freeze, that goes deeper. And that's what happens in our relationship with God. By the time January or February comes, that ice is rock solid. And I want you to know this morning that God is rock solid. In fact, there are people that, whether you think they're crazy or not, they will drive a semi-truck out on ice or their car, they can do that because the weight of the truck and the weight of their, their, what they're hauling is less than what the ice can hold. And the fact is, is that in our lives, God is thick. He is solid. And as you grow in faith, your, your experiences with God are thick and solid, and you can trust Him. You can trust Him today, and your trust will continue to grow. And you know what? It's interesting about ice. When that ice is out there, it doesn't matter if I'm afraid, if I'm still tiptoeing, and if I'm wondering. It doesn't, the ice doesn't matter what I think about it. And the truth, same is true with God. God is who he is. And we can put our faith in him. And he will hold us. His, he has a, the ability to do that. The same is true with God. He is reliable. 
He's got an incredible track record. He will never leave you or forsake you. God is faithful. Amen? He is faithful. I'm going to ask Brendan to come. I was thinking about how can we, as God's people, how can I strengthen my faith? How can we strengthen our faith in a faithful God? And I think there's some keys that I want to kind of close on here in the next few moments. The first, I believe, that is very, very important is that there needs to be a closeness to God, a closeness with God. And out of that relationship and a closeness and a time spent with God, there is an opportunity for God to strengthen your faith. Josh, I'm going to need your help in the back here for Brendan. And, uh, but the closeness with God in time is so, so important. The second thing I believe is that we need to be intentional in our day-to-day. That we understand who God is and how our real life intersects with who God is. And how God wants to move. And how God is moving. He is sovereign. He's in control. And to recognize that. And I think that's an important piece. But the third thing that really I believe that the Lord dropped in my heart this week was that hearing stories and sharing stories of God's faithfulness builds our faith and builds others' faith. I want you to track with me here for a moment. As I was studying this week, I ran across a story about a church in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, Pastor Robert Morris from Texas was sharing this story. That this church, a small church, had some donated land tucked into the side of a mountain. So if you can imagine, the, the property, the mountain was the backdrop of where the church was. The church was about 300 members strong. And they decided, they pulled the trigger to build a new building. In 12 days before the church was to open the new church, they had all the flyers out. They were sharing the news that the date was coming. The inspector came through for the final occupancy permit. And somewhere along the way, the story shares that someone had missed their calculations and the parking lot was insufficient for how large the church building was. And the inspector said, I'm so sorry, but you cannot open until you add more parking. Well, there's a couple problems. One, they're a week and a half away from opening. And again, the, the, the advertisement's been out. People were excited. But secondly, they were out of space. They were landlocked, and it was very costly to move the mountain that was behind them to be able to create more parking space. And it was very costly to pave it in addition, and they were just simply out of funds. They didn't know what to do. Twelve days before the church was to open, the pastor called a prayer meeting and said this, literally, if you have faith, To move mountains, we need you here Saturday night to pray. How many people do you think showed up? What do you think? How many? All of them. 
300. Second or first service, someone said 400 people showed up, right? 23 people showed up with faith that could move mountains. And they prayed for about three hours. And what was interesting is that there was no revelation that night. No breakthroughs. But there was a peace that came over that, that situation. And Sunday morning, the pastor confidently stood before his congregation and he says, we believe that God is going to help us to open on schedule next Sunday morning. We're talking seven days away. And for a pastor to say that with no idea of how God was going to do that, in some people's mind, was absolutely Sunday went, Monday morning came, and on the door of the church was a different contractor who was working on a project down the way. They were building a new mall, a mini mall. And the contractor said, hey, we heard about your need uh, for parking, and you got landlocked and with the hill. And he said, we are in need of dirt, and we need it today. We have another contractor coming in, loads hundreds and hundreds of yards of of dirt that's coming today but if we could excavate your hill, if we could plow into that and use that dirt we will not only uh, if if you give it to us, okay that was the the key, because that dirt was expensive, so they're going to save tremendous amount, but if they said if you give it to us we will pave a new part of your parking lot for you, and their need was met that day truck showed up, shoveled out the, the mountain, and they paved it by Saturday, and they opened on schedule. Isn't that incredible? God is good, and they were able to do that because I believe God is faithful. Now, what's interesting, you say, oh, that's a cool story, but what more important than that story, what happened in the Smoky Mountains, is what's happening in your life. What is your story? What has God done in your life? How has God been faithful to you? And this morning, I've got an assignment for each and every one of you, young and old. I want you to think about one or two ways that God has been faithful to you in the past, or maybe even recent. And I want you to be ready to share that this week with a neighbor, with a coworker friend at school to share the faithfulness of God, how God helped you through. And you say, well, why is it so important for me to share my story? I'm so insignificant. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, let me tell you, God's faithfulness, as you share it, it will build your faith, number one. As you share what God has done in the past in your life, it'll build your faith, but it will also build the faith of others around you. When you share that with a friend, with a business partner, it will open all kinds of doors for God to work in and through your life. This morning, I want us, in just a moment, we're going to sing through a song. You may know it or may not, but I want you to sing it from the depths of your soul. You'll learn it quick. It's easy. But while we sing it, I want you to be thinking about one or two things where God has been faithful in your life. And I want you to be thinking about who you could share that with this week. And then after we sing through the song, I want Deb 
She's going to come around, and we're going to capture in the next few moments a few of these testimonies. 10 seconds to 30 seconds saying, hey, this is what I was up against, and this is how God was faithful. We're going to bounce around. We did it first service. It was really powerful, and we want you to participate. But let's do this. Let's all stand from the front to the back. Let's sing out from the bottom of our heart or the, from the depths of our souls. This song is called Great is, our, is uh, Thy Faithfulness. Let's sing it out, and then let's be thinking about how God has been faithful in our lives. Let's do it. Let's lead us. Oh, great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not the compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever will be and great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning mercies I see all I have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me sing summer and winter summer and Time and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy. Yeah. 
job and we're prepared to you know make do with uh, two, you know a house payment until the house sold but we were able to I think in a total of six weeks from the time we put the house on the market to close it was done and the house was on the market for two weeks so it was a it was a huge blessing awesome guys faithful amen awesome who else would like to share sure oh yeah yeah sure hi everyone um so I'm going to try and condense this to make it really small. But in, uh, So I got saved in 2002, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and um, felt like God calling me to be like over a school. But I had no idea what to do. I'd been homeless, foster care, no education, high school dropout. So I had really no idea how any of that was going to happen. So fast forward 11 years to right now, and I've had a scholarship for 100 grand for my bachelor, my master's. I didn't pay anything for that. I'm in a PhD program right now for Ed Leadership, and Ed Leadership is to be over a school. So 11 years of God's faithfulness getting me to where I am now. And because of that, um, because I've learned about his faithfulness, I think I'm going to get through this PhD program. (laughs) I know you are. Amen. I love it. Praise God. Who else? Yeah, John, maybe back here. Yeah. Not only is God faithful in the short term, lived 75 years and about 65 of those have been walking with the Lord awesome. and the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows Amen. you know I could stand here until probably 5 o'clock and tell you all the little individual things that God has been faithful in Deb, grab the mic, but bro. keep on keep on keeping on because he never lets you down Amen. he's always there as your guide your counselor Holy Spirit is living in you yes. to lead you into all of God's truth. Yes. So keep on trucking. God is faithful. I've got that written in large letters in the back of my other Bible. Awesome. God is faithful. Come on. Amen. Great testimony. A couple more. 
morning. Um, I served several years as a youth pastor, and one unforgettable faith experience I had, um, I received an unexpected call from a missionary friend in Romania, and he said, uh, Russ, we, uh, we just had two churches drop out of our English camp coming up in six weeks, and we need people, and we know that you've been here once, and can you get a team together? said, so you need to find six people, and they need to each raise $1,500 to go. And so I went to our very wealthy college kids yeah. <laughs> and found six gullible kids who said, we believe in our faith enough to, uh, to jump in, and we're going to do it. And six weeks later, we were on a plane fully funded. Uh, they just sent out letters, and every kid got the 1500 they needed, and it remains one of the most just landmark faith experiences that I've had in my walk. Fantastic. Thanks, Russ. Awesome. faithfulness with whether or not we're happy with our lives and I don't know we, we've had a, a lot of joy and happiness and pleasure and satisfaction in our lives but we've also had pain and disappointment but through that God has just shown us his love in, a, in an astounding way and it results um, from my daughter Carrie was in a car accident has a brain injury and through that, we've continued to pray for her healing and restoration. But God has provided so much for us in the form of people that love her and care about her, advocate for her, physicians. We've had um, our home has been remodeled. We've, you know, so much has been poured out into her life and into ours by extension. We've grown a lot, and she's impacted a lot of people. Yes. And it's it's amazing to me. I was just thinking how now we're working with Mary Freebed. Yes. They've told us they don't they've never seen an operation like what we have in our home. Awesome. And and I, I just thank God for that. Yeah, He's yeah. given us strong people and, and people of faith to help. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Awesome. church home, a Christian home. My father was a pastor of a church for several years, and um, after I graduated high school, I didn't know um, pretty much it was me and God, (laughs) not my family. Actually, I thought my dad could, um, sorry, (laughs) Um, he could be my savior, my dad could have faith for me. So I went away to uh, Bible college. Things happened there that shouldn't have. Um, Got into a relationship and was very abusive. Um, I was battered and abused and got into things I shouldn't have done. Smoking, drinking, you name it, I did it. And it wasn't anything a pastor's daughter should have done. But um, I fell away from the Lord. I burned my Bible and said, there is no God, and totally gave up my faith. Um, Met a wonderful man that pulled me out of that relationship, my husband Pete, a good Christian man. And I just praise God for bringing me up out of that miry clay and 
giving me the faith that I had before wow. and restored it. Amen. Amen. God is restoring God. Awesome. know i could go on and on and on about all the stuff that god has done for us um there's been numerous things through mission trips we led missions for 11 years with kids and most of them were 8 to 16 year olds not one has never been overfunded we have never gone without extra cash to give to the missionary there we did have one year where we had a few adults going out of country and so you need a passport if you don't have your passport you can't go and they started on their passport six to eight months ahead of time putting in their money putting in to pay extra to expedite it to get it done faster and it's still not done we got a week to go so our our team is just praying for these four individuals well within the next two days three of them get their passport one still is out there And we're like, we don't know what to do. Let's just keep praying. Don't know what to do. Finally, they called their local representative, and the representative got on the phone with each person and would not let the phone down until that department stamped and signed their passport. And they got it the night before we left at 4 a.m. And if they didn't have it, they (laughs) wouldn't have been able to go. Love it. That's cool. Amen. That's cool. I'm just realizing our clock in the back has stopped, and I thought we were doing good on time, and we could go on all day. It's 12.30, and uh, so let me try to bring this, uh, just hang with us here for a second, because I don't think God is done with us yet. I, I'm like, wow, this is great. We got all this time. Um, God is faithful, amen? He is. And what's powerful in our stories is how it strengthens our own faith, but it also builds the faith of others. You hear what others have gone through, and it's like, whoa, uh, if if God did it for them, he can do it for me, that sort of idea. And this morning, the question is, is what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Is your life full of fear and worry and anxiety? Because I don't believe that's God's best. If you're facing depression today, I've, we've got depression that uh, some of our family members that they struggle with that and I understand how real that is but I don't believe that's God's best for anyone you may be here this morning and you're struggling with sin in your life that verse that I read earlier 1 Corinthians 10 13 I think I quoted it earlier that God will not give you more than you can handle he is faithful provide a way out. God is faithful. Or maybe you're here today and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. And I want you to know God is faithful to forgive. His word is true. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. And so this morning, we're going to close here in the next moment or two. And I want us to sing through this song again asking ourselves, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? And then I want us to have that challenge to leave this place ready to share our faith with one or two people 
to share one or two stories of God's faithfulness. And so I'm going to ask that you'd stand again. And I'm going to sing, we're going to sing through all three verses. I'm going to ask that no one would leave and just let it come up from the innermost being of of the bottom of your stomach. Sing it out with with power and with strength like you mean it this morning. And uh, we'll we'll help you out, Brendan, all right? Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. And great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. about this verse is it's strength for today 
Or if you're struggling with depression in your life or anxiety or fear or just uh, a worry in general, there's strength for today, to face it today. And for some of us, that's all we can, all we can think about. It's just to get through the day without fear, without anxiety, without depression, without the urge to, to, to you know, drink myself into, stu- into a stupor. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And the testimony that we heard today is that God is faithful. And your testimony, your life, when you take a moment to think about it, is screaming God's faithfulness. And you might think, man, I've messed up. My life's a wreck. I've I've made too many mistakes. But let me just say, God, he knows exactly where you are today. And he loves you. And you can be on the right path just a moment. If you don't know the Lord today, don't walk out of here without saying, God, come into my life. Fill me. Save me. In fact, let me just by a show of hands, how many here this morning would say, Pastor Ben, that's where I am today. I need God's saving grace in my life. Would you be bold enough just to raise your hand right where you are? Say, boy, that's where I am today. Yeah, thanks, Steve else say, boy, that's where I am today. I need God's saving grace in my life. Who else? Who else would say, which is the next piece, would say, I'm struggling in some way and I need my strength to be encouraged this morning be honest enough to say that's just where I am. I need my strength, my faith to be encouraged. Yeah. Who else? Come on. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. As we sing this last verse and then come back to great is thy faithfulness, it is our anthem for this week. It is our assignment this week to share that good news and to let someone know And in the next two weeks, we're going to wrap up this series talking about God's grace and God's love. And you're not going to want to miss it. But after we sing that second second time through, or the the chorus through, um, you'll be dismissed to go. Or you can stay as long as you want. We'll continue to worship. If you want prayer for anything, I believe that as we think about the faithfulness of God, it demands a response in our heart. And we want to respond here in the next few moments in worship and in response. And if you want prayer for anything, we will stay as long as you need to pray you through. And we want you to know that this morning. And I know our time has escaped us a little bit, but God is faithful. He is so good. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He is faithful. He has not forgotten about you this morning. Let's sing this last verse with some strength.